This is a wonderful gospel to have at this time of the year. Therefore, stay awake. It's easy as the weather gets colder, the days get shorter, to even when we come to Mass, to protect perhaps particularly when we come to Mass, to allow the natural tiredness or heaviness of the body to become or contribute to a spiritual drowsiness. In our first reading, we heard in regards to wisdom that blessed is the one who keeps vigil for her. Blessed is the one who keeps vigil for wisdom. Now, wisdom in the Old Testament is a prefigurement of Christ, who is called the wisdom incarnate. And then in our gospel, we heard about the ten virgins. They all do, interestingly, fall asleep. In a certain sense, they, even though they lack, the ones who have oil are able when the master calls or when the master comes, when the bridegroom arrives, to follow him. Now we're familiar with the, the term vigil in regards to like the Sunday vigil or the Easter vigil, the Sunday vigil, like our 5.30 mass. But there's a richer understanding of the term vigil that the church has had that goes back to Scripture and to this injunction to stay away and to be ready. In monastic life or in monasteries, there are something called vigils where the monks get up in the middle of the night, literally, to pray the office, to sing the psalms, to chant. And depending on their different monasteries, some of them will do this three times during the night. Mr. Leather, Sekaro, and sleep. But the idea is that they are praying on behalf of the church throughout the night in waiting for the Lord's coming. So we have monastic leaders, but also on the level of uh, the parish life. In the past, the days before major feasts were considered not just the evening before, but the whole day is vigil day. Days of preparation for the feast. Perhaps it would be good for us to rediscover this in our preparation for the Mass or the Sunday liturgy. To treat our Saturdays as a vigil day. In other words, a day where we're not only trying to get the things done we want, get a little bit of rest from the week's weariness, but that we're also trying to slow down interiorly. So that when we come to Mass, we can get more honor. That we can hear and be attentive to the bridegroom. Mother Teresa was fond of saying that the fruit of silence is prayer. In other words, if we come to a time with God and we haven't been silent before, we can talk a lot but we're not praying. And we run the risk because the liturgy of the Mass is full of words, God's words. But if we haven't first entered into silence, our participation in it could just be a matter of mere words. 
The liturgy itself, the Mass, is punctuated with silence. There are sometimes very brief moments, but it's good to reflect on them for a moment because they could be anchoring points for us to help us enter into the silence that's given. For instance, at the beginning of the Mass, when we are called to, uh, to call to mind our sins, even though it's only a very momentary pause, there we're supposed to recollect ourselves for what we're about to do. There are several points where the priest himself prays silent prayers. When the water is poured into the wine in the chalice before he offers it up, there's a little prayer that he prays there silently talking about Christ's divinity and humanity, and that we might be caught with his divinity. While the Agnew Stadium is on, we hold the Lamb of God, the priest breaks the host and sends a little prayer as it puts the host to the case of the host in the chalice. And then there's a prayer called the secret prayer, again, not because you can't read it, it's in your slats, but it's to prepare the priest interiorly for the reception of the body of the Christ. In the first Eucharistic prayer, we have silence, possible silence of two places where the priest can pray for the living and the dead. He mentions silently by name those who have entrusted or those who have been entrusted to. There is also uh, a certain silence that we should have when the host is being held aloft and the priest says, Behold the Lamb of God, we're supposed to adore. These momentary silences are meant, though, to be incorporated into a larger silence in our life. One of the reasons that it's hard for people to enter into the mass is because we're so tied into social media, into the noisiness of our life. One can't really appreciate the mass unless one has, in a certain sense, shared oneself of these distractions, at least for a time. If we find ourselves agitated, perhaps agitated at how long the mass is going, or that we can't, we want to get on to the next thing, it might be a good thing for us to ask ourselves, where is the role that science is playing in my life? Can I be okay with being quiet and just sitting Finally, silence is preparation for return. In the book of Revelation, it talks about how the elders and those who are around the throne of the Lamb of God for a full half an hour remain in silent migration. This is the divine liturgy that is taking place in heaven. There will be silence as well as music and joy and singing. And if we don't do it now, how will we ever be ready for it then? Silence is part of the keeping our lamps alive, like those wise, fine virgins in the gospel.